0: Hello and welcome to the Zone Project Podcast, Getting Undressed with God. I'm your host, Pablo Giacopelli, and this is episode four entitled, What is Truth? Today, I'm going to be uh, venturing into uncharted waters and territories by doing my first solo podcast. So I would like to invite you to sit back, fasten your seatbelts, and enjoy the show, as I have a go at sharing with you what are some of the discoveries I've made, not only about truth, but how to see it, and what it means to understand and be transformed by it. So here we are, my first solo podcast, where I'm actually just talking to myself, really. Of course, I know there are many of you out there, That are listening to this but the reality is um, that this is how I live my life Uh, this is how I process my life uh, together with God I I take the time uh, to meditate I take the time to be silent I take the time to consider things and over time I suppose the beliefs that I have they are challenged And they are stretched and uh, as often as I can remember, I'm encouraged to always let the boundaries be expanded, to be moved so that I'm not limited to what happened yesterday or to lead myself to think that God only shares the whole truth with me and that I am aware of all of it. And that's what I want to talk about today, uh, truth. Uh, and you know, when I uh, first began this uh, spiritual journey, for me, truth was, was very much uh, outworked in a very simplistic and dualistic way. Um, I looked at truth uh, and I thought, well, if that is true, then the opposite of it must be false. And so I limited my understanding of truth to that. Um, clearly at first dualism is something that works. It makes sense for us. We live in a world that processes life that way. And even Jesus at times used it, you know, you, he said, you can't serve God and money at the same time. So there was an opposites there. Uh, it's either this way or that way. Uh, but the reality is that whilst that is perhaps, an okay starting point. If we're ever going to come to a place where we understand um, God and we understand truth and not only understand it in order to tell others about it, but that we're able to actually then engage with it, experience it. And so it leads us somewhere where it can actually transform us. You know, the Bible is clear when it says you shall know the truth and the truth then will set you free. Now, um, you know, there are many pictures one can use, but one of the, the best pictures for me to to look at truth and to to relate truth to others, but also to understand that I only see a portion of it and that I can only see at any one time one portion of it. It's out of a mountain. You know, I, I grew up in the coast. Mountains were not things that I was um, too aware of. You know, I used to see I don't know if I could call them mountain, you know, big hills on the way to the beach in South America when we used to have to drive, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes with my family to get there. But it wasn't until I I traveled to Europe and I saw the Alps and I actually drove around them. uh, My first, my very, very first trip to Europe when I was uh, just a, a 17 year old or 18 year old boy, around about then that I began to actually appreciate what uh, a mountain really is and, and what a mountain really looks like. And of course, you know, I have then seen the Alps, you know, hundreds of times after that. I've also been in other places in America where there are very, very big mountains. And so, um, you know, obviously mountains is something that I've become familiar with. Um, and then as I look at, uh, at this at this sort of, thing we like to call truth, even though truth is actually a person and it therefore requires a relationship in order to get to understand it. Truth is like a mountain, meaning that when I look at a mountain, uh, if I'm standing on one side of the mountain and you're standing on the other, what I see of the mountain is only partially of what makes up a mountain. So for example, if I look at my side and I shout over to your other side and I say, listen, the mountain you know, it's made up by sand. And on the other side where you're standing, of course, there's rocks. And you say to me, no, 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 the mountain is not made out of sand. The mountain is made out of rocks. And then on the other side, we have um, a friend of ours, you know, we'll call him Harry. And Harry is looking at us and he's going, well, actually, guys, I see snow over here. So, you know, a mountain, it's made out of snow. And if we think about it, in big mountains, all three of those ingredients are always present. You know, a mountain has sand it has, or dirt, it has rocks, and as you start to get high enough, it begins to be covered by snow. So neither of us was wrong. Neither of us was completely right. What we needed to do was we needed to humble ourselves and we needed to get away from it's either that way or this way, it's either right or wrong. And we needed to open up ourselves to realize that there is a lot more to truth than just this way or that way, and that perhaps between the three of us, we could actually gain a greater understanding of the truth because, of course, we would be able to share with each other and accept each other's perspective of what we saw, and therefore we would gain a greater understanding of the truth. Remember Paul said, now we see in part, then we see as a whole. The reality is that the only person that can possibly ever see the complete picture is God, because the reality is God is the mountain, and uh, and He is truth. And so when when we receive a revelation from God, it is important to realize that though that will transform our lives and I don't know about you, but whenever I I, I sense something new that I've understood or seen or I've never seen before or I see something I've seen before in a different way, it's a very special moment. And there is the danger of uh, feeling like I have arrived and that there is nothing else to discover and there is nothing else to see and there is nothing else that could possibly be a complement, or add or in any way expand the understanding of what I've just seen. Uh, yet, as I've obviously been journeying out here on my own, I always feel the spirit of God say, Pablo, like he, like Jesus said to Peter and the other two, don't build an altar here. Don't build an Ebenezer, you know, build maybe an Ebenezer, but don't build an altar. Don't, don't start a ministry on this. Don't start, um, you know, a belief system of this. You know, yes, take it in. Yes. Experience it. Yes. Let it. Let it enrich your understanding of the truth, but let's move on. Like he said to the disciples, I got other things to show you. And the reality is that, you know, when it's important for us to be right, instead of loving people, when it's important to us, um, you know, to, to be the ones that have the last word that seem to win the argument, we will never ever be able to understand truth. We will only know. Uh, things about the truth. We will only know, if you like, um, you know, parts of the truth in the sense of not experiencing them, but information-wise, we will hear about the truth, but we will never, ever, ever be transformed by it. Uh, As I look back on my own life, because of course that's all I can do, uh, look in my own life, um, I see a a young man beginning with a dualistic mind, the spiritual journey, and really uh, going into what I called a uh, a transactional religion where it was either this way or that way. And, uh, you know, I was either loved or I was thrown out and in fear. I was either shown compassion or hatred. I was either shown darkness or light. Um, and, uh, and as I have obviously attempted to to do life for many years on that system, it eventually brought me to a place where like Job, I was completely and utterly dried up and totally and utterly lifeless because I was not really living and experiencing truth. I was trying to fabricate truth through what I did. And, and so if things worked, then I thought, well, that must be true because it worked, it yielded a result for me. The reality is today, um, I am more involved in a transformational relationship with truth, which is, of course, God. Um, and uh, as, I, as I walk with him, what I love about God is that, that God, uh, every time that I think I have understood as much as there is to understand about something, he shows me something new. And the reason why I believe he does that is because he sees that I have come to a place where I understand that I don't have it all together and that, you know, others can help me together with themselves, have it together, if you like. So we don't all have it together, but together we can have it all. And so for me to be able to accept that it is no, and and obviously for my journey to be transformational and the truth that I discover I no longer see it as, you know, they are wrong, I'm right, or I'm wrong and they are right. But I see it more as I have a different perspective than the one they have. I see it differently. And that's what I, I share with people when I hear something that, about a particular thing where I perhaps think in a particular way or, or, I, or I feel something is in a particular way that actually doesn't quite match what they have. I don't say to them, well, actually, what you see is wrong. Let me tell you what, you know, what the truth is or what is right. I say to them, listen, I see it differently. I have a different perspective of that. Let me share that with you. Thank you for sharing yours. Can I share mine? And then we can then grab both of them, put them in the bowl, mix them together like a fruit salad. And let's see what God brings out of our discussions. So I think it's important for us to understand that if we really are discovering truth, it will humble us. It won't make us feel proud and arrogant and elitist and like some and like we somehow have something over others. No, it will actually humble us and it will make us far more open and it will help us to understand that our denomination or our chosen path or religion label that we like to wear doesn't own the truth. We cannot copyright the truth. The moment we do that, we limit it and in time we kill it and we end up using it to pervert ourselves and others in order to self-serve ourselves and our own motivations and our own aims and the own things that we have. And that's essentially what a cult is. A cult is a distorted truth taken to an extreme where people are basically brought into a place that it doesn't lead anywhere good. So I want to encourage all of us here today, uh, this whole thing to do with truth. You know, as I look around the world, there are so many places in the world, but you know, lately America, it's really been on the map where there is a nation that is incredibly, incredibly divided and that each side believes they are the owners of the truth. Um, you know. I don't want to start a political argument here because I don't care too much about politics. I didn't see, I don't see Jesus getting involved in them and neither do I think I need to. But for the sake of my listeners, I just want to throw some things out there now that I'm talking about truth and and taking sides and, and I'll let you guys decide what to do with what I have to say and share. You know, I think, Everybody is entitled to their opinion. Everybody's entitled to what they think and what they see. And of course, sharing that out. But the moment that we we only see our side and we do not take the time to appreciate and at least have a go at understanding the other side, then we have fallen again into this, you know, I am right, you are wrong. And my job is to show you up and make sure that you're ashamed for what you believe and how you believe that needs to be done. Now I don't know about you but uh, you know to me it's already been quite evident that shame doesn't come from God and shame is possibly if not the most formidable weapon that the enemy has ever used against humanity. So I think the last thing we want to do in our hearts and, you know, under the the cover of our political view or political correctness or our political way is to spread shame onto others. So I think, you know, whether you like, say, for example, Donald Trump or not, and whether you appreciate or agree with his policies or not, and I say this as a non-American, not living in America, and to be perfectly honest with you, most of his policies, whether they go this way or that way, it makes really very little difference to my life. So I can give you an, an unbiased opinion about this situation, um, or as unbiased as I, I think it can be, um, because of course it doesn't make any difference to me. But the reality is, you know, I want to, I want to sort of encourage you guys, when you look at him and you see him doing something that you don't agree with, you know, try and look at the bigger picture. Don't just look at his action. And, and I, Of course, I'm referring to what he he attempted to do, in his view, by fulfilling the law to separate families. Clearly, I don't agree with that. I would never agree for a mother and a father to be separated from their child. This is just something that I would never put my name to it. However, I am a Latino myself, and I grew up in my first 13 years in a Latin country, uh, which is much the same like all the other Latin countries in both South and Central America. It is no secret that for decades, and I would even go to the extent of saying centuries, the people that have controlled the wealth of those countries are the very few, and the majority have nothing. Never mind that those countries are extremely rich, and they're extremely blessed with resources that if they were used in an honest, considerate, and loving way, then those countries would not be third world countries to start with. They would be first world countries. And they would definitely not be in poverty. So the reason that you get children wanting or families wanting to come into America is because in their own country, they are basically living in conditions that possibly mirror hell. And they are told, like I was told, if you somehow get to that country up north called America and you manage to get through then life will fix itself and everything will be okay. The reality is that, you know, we know that in the sense that we are told that. And we know also that we take a big risk by doing that because the fact that we can't afford food or even a a decent sustenance uh, in our own countries means that when we get to America, it's very unlikely that we're going to be able to afford even the visa or the entry. Now, I'm not suggesting that rejecting the people and separating them and doing that is the right thing to do either. You know, uh, the gospel clearly tells us that we are to welcome the poor, that we are to stand with those that don't have a voice, those that have been abused, those that are broken, those that have been mistreated and taken unfair advantage of. However, if we really are interested in the truth and we really are processing from a place of love and impartiality, which is what love has, then if we are indeed processing from that position we have got to not only address what mr trump is doing whether we agree with it or not but we must address the real problem which is of course what is happening in those latin countries the governments in those latin countries and i don't have any problem calling them out because i've lived in them and under them they are creating situations through corruption through the inability to actually get things done, uh, through playing political games with each other instead of getting the job done, they are creating environments where people have no option other than to try and escape and go somewhere better. So just for your consideration, next time that you come up, because it's gonna happen again, another situation like the one we've just had with this ridiculous attempt to separate children from their family, Try to have the eyes of Christ. Christ always looks at the big picture. He never actually focused just on one particular thing. Even with the Pharisees, when he he went for the Pharisees, he went and attacked what they were doing. But at the same time, he still was quite happy to meet them because he understood that the problem they were involved with was a lot greater and it went a lot further and deeper than just them. And that's why he was quite happy to meet some of them like Nicodemus at night and talk to them and share the truth with them. He didn't isolate them, he didn't criticize them only, but he also re- they re- he remained open to allowing them to also have an opportunity of seeing the truth and obviously changing their ways. And I think, you know, this is something that is very much, uh, uh, it needs to be done. Um, In this particular case but more so in any case when we're trying to understand what the truth is so i hope that this has helped a little bit Um, i'm coming on to my 20th minute here um, and because this is my first solo podcast um, i don't want to just ramble on to reach the standard 30 minutes because you know that nothing about me is really standard Um, and uh, and i just hope that this has helped you um, just to understand a little bit how i process truth in my own life uh, the place that god has brought me to in understanding truth Um, i don't suggest that every road leads to the truth because that's certainly not the case including within christianity Uh, and that there are some roads that do lead you nowhere and that's why it's important that we obviously you know work out our salvation with not with fear and trembling because we are scared of god but because we do it in faith uh, as we relate and we wrestle in, in, in that beautiful relationship that we have with our heavenly daddy. Um, and we continue to take steps forward as he directs us and guides us. Uh, important not to close anybody because of the wrong label that they're wearing or they're from the wrong political side or they are from the wrong religion, but to be open and listen to people. Because if God could speak truth out of a donkey's mouth, who doesn't even know what dualism is, Then it is obvious that he can do that through anyone, no matter what label they are wearing. So remember, truth is something that you hear, you see, you feel, you sense. That strikes a chord in your heart, you know, and it does it involuntarily. The moment you feel that strike of that chord, you know you're in the presence of truth. Don't try and judge it. Don't try and pack it uh, and sell it, but just observe it. And allow it to simmer in you and so that God can give you eyes to see, ears to hear. So that you may be able to understand and obviously not only engage with it in your own life, but you may be able to share it with others in love, not to shame them or to put them down, but to hopefully invite them to come to this place that we all long to come to where we are not only healed and set free, but where we find that happiness and that peace that all of us are after all of our lives. Thank you for listening. Friends, thank you for listening to the Song Project Podcast, Getting Undressed with God. I hope you have enjoyed your time with me. I certainly have been able to share with you the meditations and discoveries of my heart as uh, I continue to journey on this thing called life with the one who gave it to me. For more information about what i do uh, at the zone project check out our website at www.thezoneproject.com it contains everything i do from books teaching speaking engagements blog posts spiritual coaching and more and if you have time why not consider joining my online community at www.patreon.com forward slash There you will be able to have a chance to support the creation of my material, get behind the scenes content, video blogs, interact with other patrons, and watch patron exclusive videos. Until next time, thank you, and shalom.